All righty there. Good morning and welcome to Lavender Hill here on KZM Lincoln, KZM HD 89.3 on the FM or online at kzm.org. Perhaps you're using one of those handy dandy smarter than a calculator devices and you're tuned in on one of your favorite mobile listening apps like TuneIn or Next Radio or maybe even Amazon's Alexa. However it is that you're listening, I'm glad you're here. And don't forget, if you want to share today's program or want to catch up on something you may have missed over the last two weeks, you can do so by going to kzum.org slash archives. And as this is a primarily talk program, you can also catch the talk content on the podcast stream for KZUM. Just visit the website there for the link. Alrighty, that was Summer Osborne with her Wake Up, and that is off of her album As I Am. So, you know, wake up, press reset if you need to, because, well, I think after some of what I'm going to cover today, you might just want to do that. But I think the whole world needs a little bit of a reset once in a while. Alrighty, so let's see here. What damage are we going to do first? And unfortunately, I do mean some damage here as I'm waiting for the computer to get caught up with me here. Okay, well, a sheriff is taking it into his own hands, according to an article uh, from yesterday, Saturday, April 23rd, 2022, and is urging the library in his area to yank books with LGBTQ content after quote-unquote thorough review. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit from the article there for you. This is Daniel uh, Villarreal writing for LGBTQNation.com. The Florida of chapter of Moms for Liberty, M4L, a far-right parents' rights group, has filed a criminal complaint against the Indian River County School District for having library books with LGBTQ themes. Even more concerning was the local sheriff's response to the group's complaint. Now, I believe I addressed this when this first came across my feed back in November of last year, but uh, when uh, M4L told the district school board back in November 2021 to remove 51 pornographic or sexually explicit, that's their words, books from the school library, M4L's list reportedly included LGBTQ inclusive titles such as All Boys Aren't Blue and The Perks of Being a Wallflower. M4L then submitted a criminal complaint to the Indian River County Sheriff's Office after the supervisor of the office's child sex crimes unit conducted a, quote, thorough review. Sheriff Eric Flowers wrote that the reviewed book's content, quote, do not allow us to make an arrest in this case, end quote. He went on to say, however, based upon this review, we do not feel that this content is appropriate for young children, even though it does not rise to the level of a crime. Some of the content in these books is highly questionable, and I certainly would not want my child to have access to it, he concluded. I would recommend that the district continue to review their policy to allow for stricter oversight prior to books such as these being made available to children. Okay. Flower's response is concerning because it helps add legitimacy to M4L's true aim, banning books without full transparency or oversight. The district could start quietly removing titles from school libraries just to avoid public controversy, and one study suggests that many books do exactly, or excuse me, many schools do exactly that. 
think I talked about this recently. Uh, groups like M4L regularly pressure school boards to ban books without going through the official district policies and public transparency protocols meant to ensure that schools don't violate First Amendment prohibitions against government officials banning free expression. Uh, and yes, I did talk about this because uh, it has reference here to the PIN America study that was recently done that I spoke at length about just a few weeks ago. So yeah, you might want to you know review that if you want. That link's going to be over on our Facebook page for Lavender Hill. And oh boy, that sheriff needs to you know stay out of things. I think. And, well, talking about banned books and libraries and all that, an Oklahoma library has decided to ditch its sex assault support group and romance book club after the board bans LGBTQ display. A public library in Enid, Oklahoma, pulled down a display dedicated to the LGBTQ community because of vitriolic condemnation by right-wing Christians. This is an article by Tyler Stevenson uh, from Thursday, April 21st, 2022 on LGBTQNation.com. During a special meeting session on April 11th, the board of directors of the public library of Enid and Garfield County decided to ban the display, providing LGBTQ representation after pushback from Christian conservatives. But the result is not what the board expected now that, the, now that a group for older women who read romance novels and a sexual assault support group has also been banned under the board's new guidelines about sexual activity. A group known as the Enid Freedom Fighters petitioned the board to ban a display of books over claims that it was promoting LGBTQ activity, as one member stated. The Enid Freedom Fighters was founded by Melissa Crabtree, who was picked to be Oklahoma Governor Ken Stitt's Secretary of Education before it was rescinded due to her promotion of multiple conspiracy theories and misinformation related to the COVID-19 vaccine including the debunked theory that zinc could stop the coronavirus from spreading. Yeah, I think she would be one of the uh, MAGAs, perhaps. Uh, the board passed two proposals, the first including a provision that stipulated that, quote, exhibits shall not promote books or displays that make as their primary subject the study of sex, sexual activity, sexual perversion, sex-based classif classifications, sex preferences, excuse me, sexual preferences, sexual identity, gender identity, or that are of a sexual nature, end quote. The second provision included verbiage that echoes the parents' rights movement, stating that the library does not act in loco parentis, and that it is the responsibility of parents or guardians to determine which library programs are appropriate for their child. Well, yeah, that's true. But that doesn't mean the library can't offer those programs for those parents or guardians who feel that they are appropriate for their child, right? Okay, th so the, re the library replied to the claims, stating that it was never promoting any one ideology. It was only about showing that there are LGBTQ books if anyone wants to read one. The list of books banned... In, at Enid included LGBTQ families, the ultimate teen guide by Eve uh, Applequist, confronting LGBTQ plus discrimination, I Wish You All the Best by Mason Deaver, 
And Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe by Benjamin Alary Sands, uh, among others. So, yeah, you know, relatively harmless books, even by most people's standards, right? Yeah, apparently not for Enid, Oklahoma. I'll let you read the entire article and the related commentary to it. Uh, and, of course, follow those links uh, on your own uh, by posting the LGBTQ Nation link on our Facebook page for Lavender Hill. But I'm going to go ahead and take a brief music break here since it's about the quarter of the hour here. And uh, see if I can't lighten the mood a little bit here with a good classic from Elton John. Uh, I think it's going to be a long, long something here, don't you? Uh, a long, long time before we actually get things figured out. But here's Rocket Man by Elton John. All righty there. So that was Elton John with his Rocket Man. Yeah, I figured I better go with the Elton John version instead of the William Shatner version. I mean, I get accused enough of having gone to his uh, school of acting anyways. So, you know, let's keep with some uh, more... Mm, timely music, I guess. I don't know. But anywho, uh, we are going to continue on about banned books. Oh, my goodness. There's just so much going on with banned books, not just how it affects the LGBTQIA community, but the intersection with uh, racial issues and all that. Yes, I actually got that word right this week. I, I stumbled over it last week. I know that. So uh, Florida, yay, Florida man at it again, right? Uh, according to an article by Bill Browning from last Monday, April 18th, over on LGBTQNation.com, Florida bans 54 math textbooks because they, get this, indoctrinate children. State authorities have rejected 71%, 71% of textbooks for elementary schools claiming they teach kids prohibited topics. Uh huh. Florida's Department of Education has announced that it will ban 71% of elementary school math textbooks and 41% of textbooks for all grades. Authorities say the curriculum contains prohibited content about critical race theory. Governor Ron DeSantis, there's Mr. Florida man himself, who signs laws that target transgender children, uh, prohibit mentioning LGBTQ people in elementary classrooms, praised the censorship, accusing publishers of attempting to quote-unquote indoctrinate young children. Critical race theory is a body of academic work that originated in law schools in the 1970s and 80s. Conservatives in the 2020s have started calling all discussion of racism critical race theory, but it's not clear how they found it in elementary school math textbooks. I'd really like to know that one, too. Republicans and the religious right have turned schools into the latest front in the culture wars, from laws that ban transgender children from playing school sports to restrictions on history class instruction on slavery and the Holocaust. Conservatives have pushed dangerous claims using racist and homophobic stereotypes and slurs. Uh, yeah... Led by Commissioner of Education Richard Cor uh, Corcoran, pardon me, uh, committee members reviewed 132 textbooks and rejected 41% of the submissions. A former state senator, uh, Corcoran has no experience in education but has been an ardent supporter of DeSantis's policies. I'm not surprised there. Uh, let's see here. To quote from Corcoran in a press release touting the censorship, 
We're going to ensure that Florida has the highest quality instructional materials aligned to our nationally recognized standards. Florida has become a national leader in the education, excuse me, in education under the vision and leadership of Governor DeSantis. When it comes to education, other states continue to follow Florida's lead as we continue to reinforce parents' rights by focusing on providing their children with a world-class education without the fear of indoctrination or exposure to dangerous and divisive concepts in our classrooms. Um, isn't one of the reasons why we have schools to teach our children, our youth, about how to think for themselves? Okay, I'm going to you know, calm down a little bit on that one. Really, I am. Really, I am. Okay. Um, to continue, and this is from DeSantis, it seems that some publishers attempted to slap a coat of paint on an old schoolhouse built on the foundations of Common Core and indoctrinating concepts like race essentialism, especially, bizarrely, for elementary school students. I'm grateful that Commissioner Corcoran and his team at the department have conducted such a thorough vetting of those textbooks to ensure they comply with the law. Um, okay. Florida man, I think you need to pull your head out of something. Okay, I'm just going to let that lie. Again, that uh, link will be over on our uh, Facebook page for Lavender Hill. And let's hop across the pond for a moment here. Let's try to get to something that might be good, considering how uh, mired things have been in England under uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Uh, Tory Health Minister Sajid Javid is to launch an urgent inquiry into Britain's already bogged down trans youth health care system. This may be good. This may be bad. April 23rd is the date on this. John Milton. So that uh, writing for pinknews.co.uk. So this is from yesterday. Javid will reportedly overhaul the gender affirming treatments available to trans youth, which he said are failing children. This health secretary is said to believe that young people are being given hormone therapies who do not need them. So yeah, not good news, right? Okay, well, I, th I tried. Trying to keep it all straight in my head too sometimes is a little, no pun intended there, difficult. Uh, this has been a growing issue for years and it's clear we're not taking this seriously enough. An ally of Javid told the newspaper, an anonymous ally. Uh, the ally referenced an interim report into trans youth health care by former president of the Royal College of Pediatrics and Child Health, Hillary Cass. The preliminary findings included the radical suggestion that maybe, just maybe, a single service for trans kids in the entire country isn't a good idea. The report called for a complete overhaul of the system, including more regional centers to care for trans and gender diverse youth and better training. So that could be good. Uh, if you look at Hillary, Hillary uh, Cass interim, Cass's interim report, wow, tongue twister, uh, the findings are deeply concerning, the Allies said. It's clear from the report that we're failing children. And yes, they are failing children, but not necessarily in the way they think. That's my opinion, at least. So, yeah. 
Ooh, the ally, again, remaining anonymous here, said that a trans teen seeking health care may not be trans, but rather have been bullied or have experienced sexual assault, a bizarre claim that Javid himself once suggested. Uh, quote, that overly affirmative approach where people just accept that it's what a child says almost automatically and then start talking about things like puberty blockers. That's not in the interest of the child at all, the source said. No. That's what counseling's for before you go to those steps. Wow. Uh, we are in 2022, right? I'm still trying to figure out if that's where we're truly at. I mean, we, we, we had four years of the Trump administration here in the United States that kind of pushed us backwards a little bit. Brazil has had their own Trump impersonator, if you will, doing the same thing. And now Boris Johnson and his cronies are doing the same thing in the UK. Uh, yeah, so let's just, yeah, I'm going to let you read that one yourself the rest of the way and find out a little bit more. And yes, I will be focusing entirely on at least one article somewhere along the way today because I know not all of you have internet access or can easily access these particular articles. And I know not everybody uses Facebook to follow my links. Uh, but yeah, another one from pinknews.co.uk, and this is kind of in the uh, realm of what the huh? Yeah, I think you know where that actually goes. But um, according to this article uh, by Josh Melton again, again from Saturday, April 23rd, a man has been arrested for threatening to bomb Merriam Webster over trans-inclusive definitions. This is actually uh, referring to something in California. A Californian man is facing charges for threatening to bomb and kill Merriam-Webster employees over the publisher's pro-trans definitions. Jeremy David Hansen of uh, Rossmore threatened to hunt down and shoot workers of the oldest dictionary publishers in the United States. The 34-year-old sent online threats to the company based in Springfield, Massachusetts, over entries such as girl and woman. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Massachusetts said in a statement released on Friday the 22nd. He faces up to five years in jail or a thumping fine of $250,000 after he was charged with one count of interstate communication of threats to commit violence. Hansen will appear before the U.S. District Court in Massachusetts next Friday. Using the handle a non- Y Mouse, that's A N O N Y M O U S, Hansen left a rabble of despicable messages and comments on the company's website. Uh, between warnings he would bomb the company offices, he blasted Barry and Webster for changing certain word definitions. It is absolutely sickening that Merriam-Webster now tells blatant lies and promotes anti-science propaganda, he wrote in one alleged comment. There is no such thing as gender identity. Uh, the imbecile who wrote this entry should be hunted down and shot. Bosses at Merriam-Webster were forced to close their Springfield offices for five days, where you have the threats to their staff's lives. Yeah. Oof. So... It's, you know, never really a smart thing to uh, make threats of any kind, uh, let alone in such a uh, very public manner. But, wow, I do feel for the employees of Merriam-Webster. 
Uh, I have worked for a company that was receiving bomb threats in the past for totally different reasons, and I do know how nerve-wracking that can be. Really, I'm trying to find good news for you folks. Really, I am. It's just not the easiest sometimes. I mean, we do have lots of stuff good that's going on, but we need to hear about this too. And I'm going to try, really try hard to find more good news to share with you. I mean, I do have at least one good story for you today. I mean, it caught my attention at the very least uh, as a fan of uh, uh, one of the shows that this actor is known for but uh yeah i'm mean, just you know leave that little teaser there for you since we're halfway through want to you know keep you glued to the kazoom as it were so that you uh you know catch that good there as we go along but anywho let's go ahead and take our bottom of the hour break and see what kind of mischief i can get into afterwards got of course some more music lined up for you along with some more harrowing and hopefully some uh happy news for you as well here on lavender hill all righty there that was walk away by the indigo girls from their strange fire and i've got more stuff for you here on lavender hill so thank you for hanging in there and this is you know a, a mixed bag again positive and and negative but it's mostly positive i think here a uh, recent survey was done and uh, it found that, at least in that survey, the majority of Americans oppose using the vile slur groomer for LGBT inclusive teachers and parents. Yes, groomer is a thing if you hadn't caught that, thanks to social media and all that. Uh, this is coming from pinknews.co.uk with Lily Wakefield writing. This is an article from Saturday the 23rd. Yeah, a lot of what I've got here is really recent stuff. Uh, the majority of U.S. voters oppose using the slur groomer to describe LGBT-inclusive teachers and parents, a new poll has revealed. That poll was conducted by uh, uh, Data for Progress, and they surveyed a meager number of likely voters, 1,155 of them, and asked about the spread of anti-LGBT plus legislation across the U.S., while the dangerous and ignorant conflation of homosexuality and LGBT plus identities with pedophilia goes back decades, there has been a recent surge in Republicans and religious conservatives using quote-unquote grooming language to describe LGBT inclusive education or just queer folk in general. The Data for Progress poll noted, quote, some groups have been describing teachers and parents who oppose banning discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in schools as groomers, a term used to describe someone who gets close to and builds trust with a child or young person with the intent of sexually abusing them. Yeah, take that definition of grooming into context here for the discussion. Respondents were asked whether they agreed that teachers and parents that support discussions about sexual orientation and gender identity in school were groomers. And a majority of the uh, respondents, 55%, that's not a vast majority, 55% said they did not agree with that. However, there was a stark political divide. While just 50% of likely Democratic voters supported anti-LGBT plus groomer language, this fringe jumped to 45% for likely Republican voters. 
The poll also revealed some serious cognitive dissonance among likely voters. Asked whether the U.S. government should, quote, have a say in personal matters like a person's sexual preference or gender identity, end quote, the overwhelming opinion across the political spectrum was that it should not. 88% of Democrats and 86% of Republicans. However, when asked about the hundreds of bills across the country which aim to limit the discussion of LGBT plus topics in classrooms as well as, quote, limit transgender people's ability to play sports, use bathrooms that correspond with their gender identity, and receive gender-affirming health care, end quote, 63% of Republicans said they supported such legislations compared with just 15% of Democrats. The same trend appeared in a question about gender-affirming health care for transgender children, with 59% of Republicans saying the government should deny them this care, compared to 15% of Democrats. All right, that was the entirety of that article there from pinknews.co.uk, and I thought it was important to you know address all of that for you, because it is a very touchy subject and I'm going to for the most part leave my commentary alone except for it to say what none uh, okay I can't say none because I am not 100% sure but the vast majority I would say of teachers who want to be able to talk with their students about their gender identities the students gender identities and their sexual orientation and what it is they may be struggling with in life, that's part of what teachers do, are not grooming these kids. No. No, 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 no. Do not confuse an open and frank conversation, age-appropriate conversation, with a student with grooming them for abuse. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're going to jump into something that's a little bit even more radical than the idea of grooming in this context. And we're going to go back to LGBTQNation.com for an article by Bill Browning from Thursday, April 21st, 2022. The headline reads, GOP candidate insists transgender people are, get this word here, Islamicizing their bodies. Yeah, try that one on. His first ad declared that, quote, we are at war with communism and voters should unleash him. It's only gone downhill from there, according to Bill Browning's article. Uh, Jaron Jackson is running for, surprise, surprise, Oklahoma State Senate. The far-right pastor advocates for a Christian nationalist theocracy and rails against godless commies and LGBTQ people, godless commies being his term. But his latest claim has people scratching their heads. Transgender women who have bottom surgery are Islamicizing their bodies? During his daily live stream, Jackson launched into a tirade about trans people using a Reddit post as a springboard. A user had asked for advice on how to best support their transgender daughter. And he goes into this, uh, quoting him here, Genesis 1 says, God made man in his image, male and female, he created them. Jackson told the viewers, God's categories are good categories. God's plan is a good plan. It's a good order. Most of what we see today is a rejection of God's order. Most of what we see today are people seeing what God has made and choosing to reject it and deny it and destroy it and to molest it. He went on to say, um, 
addressing this parent in particular on Reddit. That father, I believe, is criminally responsible for manipulating and grooming his daughter. It's his son, by the way. It's not a daughter. That father was criminally neglected to his, negligent to his son because that father has not built his worldview on truth. The son is suicidal. The son is messed up physically, chemically, emotionally, uh, relationally, truthfully. It's not bottom surgery. It's mutilation, Jackson declared. You're Islamicized. You've Islamicized. I'm getting tangled up on that word because it's not an easy one to, to say. You've Islamicized your genitals. You've Islamicized yourself. Muslims do genital mutilation for women that have sex or commit adultery. That's what Muslims do. You're Islamicizing your genitals. Uh, that's how he answered that question. This isn't the first time that would-be voters have been subjected to Jackson's special brand of campaigning. His first ad declared that we are at war with communism and voters should unleash him. He regularly condemns, to, and again to use his term, godless commies, saying he wants to shoot them in the face. He has advocated for military tribunals that would send the supposed communists to burn forever in a lake of fire. Oklahoma has produced some of the most voice for its anti-LGBTQ Republican politicians in the nation. Governor Kevin Stitt signed a law last month that bans transgender girls from participating in school sports while surrounded by cisgender girls as a trans woman stood outside his office protesting. So, yeah, uh, I think Oklahoma is uh, kind of going neck and neck there with Florida, man, don't you? Okay, well, like I said, I've got some good news, some fun stuff coming up, but I got one more harrowing one for you before we get to there. But we're going to take a music break here, and we'll just see how much time I actually do have. I may just go straight to the, the happy story. Uh, so we are going to go back into things here. We're going to go to Queen. Uh, you take my breath away. For their fans, yes, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the happy stuff here. we got to end on a happy note today, don't we? I mean, it was all kind of bogged down there with negativity, with uh, book bannings and libraries and schools and, and all that uh, not-so-fun stuff. So... For you uh, supernatural fans out there, yes, I know the show is you know concluded, has you know finished out its thing, but you know there's still conventions and all that for the fans to go to. And Misha Collins appeared at a recent convention, as in yesterday, uh, and uh, well, he 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 came out as bi in an interesting way uh, at the. Uh, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 make sure I get the right name here, the Creation Entertainment Supernatural Official Convention that was in New Jersey this weekend. The 47-year-old actor who is famous for playing Castiel on Supernatural, the apathetic uh, angel, fallen angel at that, uh, had some interesting questions for the fans that were there during a Q&A. He asked the crowd, how many of you would consider yourself introvert? And how many extroverts are out there? And how many bisexuals? And at least one person out in the audience was wondering, what does, what, where did that come from? Uh, Misha's response was, I'm all three. See, it would have been weird if I just said, by a show of hands, how many bisexuals are in the audience? But I'd rather do it as a questionnaire. That's more socially acceptable, he said. So, yeah, hey, so all of you uh, Supernatural fans out there, you have more of a reason to watch the show if you're part of the LGBTQIA community. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, 
happy about that because, well, at least there's something that came out of that show that uh, definitely fits with us. Of course, Charlie, the character. Everybody knows that she was lesbian, but... Yeah. Okay. Uh, he didn't min- uh, mention being bisexual again during the convention, but that didn't stop Supernatural fans from going into full fangirl mode or fanboy mode, as the case may be. Uh, at least one user on Reddit said, I've probably watched this uh, clip a hundred times by now, but it still brings the stupidest smile to my face. Um Another one said, my goodness, I'm losing it. He was so casual about it. I'm so proud of him. And yeah, hey, that is definitely one way to go about it uh, when you've got something going on in the world of celebrity. But uh, yeah, you can go over to pinknews.co.uk or just look for the link when I post it to the Facebook page for Lavender Hill and you can read the article and uh, watch that clip. And, you know, maybe follow some more links around there. And speaking of uh, sci-fi fantasy entertainment, you know, last week I mentioned the uh, podcast Doctor Who spinoff Redacted uh, that debuted last Sunday on BBC Sounds. I did listen to it and uh, I enjoyed it. It's very queer friendly, uh, but very much Doctor Who. Uh, and if you are a fan of classic Doctor Who, you will enjoy the uh, the 20-minute episode installments, uh, like the classic Doctor Who stories were. And if you're a fan of the newer Doctor Who, you will enjoy that they are addressing stories that are familiar to you as newer fans or, you know, carrying over into the new uh, series. Because, well, the first thing they mention is uh, adipose. If you've watched the show, you know what I'm talking about there. Those little uh, fat baby aliens, right? All right. So I'm looking forward to listening to episode two tonight. Uh, and, you know, the, the rest of the series, it's a 10-part podcast. That's Doctor Who Redacted. And you can, you know, just Google that or uh, go to bbc.com and go to their podcast stream for BBC Sounds. And, you know, catch it there. I, I thought it was quite good. All righty. Well, I am getting ready to hand things over to Deb Anderson with The Women's Show. And she's going to be interviewing Susan Werner today during her uh, Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond. And you're going to be visited with uh, Jack. Jack. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jack Rabbit Slim is going to be uh, joining her for the uh, remainder of the show, sharing some of his favorites in women's music by For and About Women. So in the meantime there, I just want to remind you all that, hey, we're not that far away. We're a little bit more than a month away from the official Pride season here in the capital city. If you're interested in finding out what is going on with Star City Pride, you can go to their website, starcitypride.org or you can visit their Facebook page as well. Uh, Find out ways to volunteer. They're still taking uh, vendor applications to my understanding as well. So perhaps you might be able to set up a booth if you are an LGBTQIA or allied uh, business person in the area that would like to uh, sell your wares or share your information. I know last year we had uh, the uh, Gorgon Network there and they were uh, quite Uh, a fun crew and I hope to see them again this year sharing information about how you can fight back against the abuses in your life and of course KZUM usually and I think since the beginning has had a booth for Star City Pride looking forward to uh, being there for that and of course the second annual Star City Pride Parade again that's go to starcitypride.org to find out what's coming up with that 
And, of course, stay tuned here to Lavender Hill on KSUM for more information as it comes my way. And speaking of somewhat local events uh, coming up this week at Wayne State College, Dr. Lauren Olson is going to be doing a uh, uh, live presentation and reading from his new book, No More Neckties. Uh, he grew up uh, just a few miles away from Wayne, Nebraska, so he's uh, enjoying that he's going to be able to uh, share with that area what he's got going on with this new book of his uh let's see here that will be uh the 26th so that is tuesday night well tuesday afternoon 3 30 wayne state uh college uh is a, a live and in-person event and i believe i have all the particulars here for you because i asked him if he would share those with me i just want to make sure that i pull it all up Oh, looks like I may have been on the wrong page for that. I do apologize. So let's see. No more neckties. Wow, I can't spell today. Got to look it up here real quick. Um, I'm part of his uh, his street team, if you will, for the uh, launch of this new book, which is coming out very soon. Okay, yes, that is Tuesday, April 26th, 3.30 to 4.30 uh, with a reception to follow at Wayne State College Connell Hall. That is open to the public. And uh, his book is releasing, um, let's see here, very soon, very soon. Where's the release date? Uh, May 17th. And he's going to be having a virtual launch party accompanying that. And shortly thereafter... Uh, he's going to be joining me for an interview here on Lavender Hill. So we will be able to hear from him on the show itself. But let's go ahead and get that last piece of music going here as uh, Deb finalizes her setup for today. Uh, keep on listening here to KZM for the Women's Show, Back at the Chicken Shack, and all the other wonderful programming we have to offer. Lincoln's own community radio station. Heard worldwide on KZM.org. We're going to go out with Christine and the Queens with uh, Damn, What Must a Woman Do?